This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ah, yes, yes, yes. A good Monday morning to one and all. Mark Malusis and Andrew Bogish with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. As we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. You've got uh, Shep and Bellotti across the way. And uh, Andrew Bogish sitting in with me for the next three hours. For the next couple days, we'll spend Christmas Eve together as well, Bogish. How you doing, buddy? Oh, nothing says... Merry Christmas, like Moose and Bogish and Chef. That's exactly right. I miss the Chef emails. I get his NBA emails basically on a nightly basis. He used to produce the Saturday morning show. He's basically, we, Maggie Gray and myself on Saturday mornings had about seven different people produce our show over the course of the years. Either people moved on to bigger and better things at CBS Sports Radio. Or you broke or, them. Or they moved on and did something else with their life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm out. Right. Thanks, exactly Radio. Right. Exactly I'm going right. to go fold sweaters at the Gap. Right. And Shep at one point in time left to teach in Tennessee. <laughs> That's right. Well, but he's sudden, back. Right, then he's back in the fold. One day he wake, walks in, he's like, I gave my two-week notice. I'm like, that's great. Where are you going? He goes, I'm going to teach in Tennessee. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, going to help Tennessee. the youth of Memphis. I, you know, that, that is unbelievable. That is great. And then basically <laughs> a couple of years later, I walk in to the CBS Sports Radio newsroom, and there's Shep cutting tape at mm. like midnight. Yep. I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? Yep. I'm back. Yep. Radio <laughs> broke Shep, and then the youth of Memphis unbroke Shep yes. and made him realize just how great radio is, and here he is again. Uh, how you doing, man? How was your weekend? All right? Uh, the weekend was okay. I mean, I, I actually had an empty house yesterday. So That's I, nice. I had the full football experience going on. It was uninterrupted. I had multiple screens going. I could watch whatever games I wanted, where I wanted to watch in my house. I ordered lunch. It was quiet. There was no read me this or help me turn on the switch, Dad, or where's my iPad. Where, where, where was everybody? Um, my wife and my kids were in Boston visiting her college friends. They went on some kind of like Christmas caroling hot cocoa ferry boat oh around my God, Boston. That's like a holiday for you. So they got up yesterday morning. They drove to Boston. They're going to get up and come back home today. Uh, so yeah, I had a nice, the only bad thing was I had to come to work today because uh, I had to, you know, I had to go to sleep last night. I could have watched <laughs> something I wanted to watch. I got all these movies now from our union. To, yes, got a that's right. On the They're rolling That's correct. Yeah. So like, you know, I couldn't pop on Joker last night uninterrupted. I had to watch Chiefs Bears. Well, there was not was, much to watch there. No. So you, at halftime, you could conceivably go have watched the yeah. Joker. You could have conceivably watched Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Yeah, I was wide awake at halftime and it was seventeen nothing. Like I don't want to go to bed right now, but I don't think I can do anything of significance and only get like two hours of sleep pre-moose. So I did go to bed. Well, I'm glad you got yeah. some sleep, and now I know why you look like you're fresh as a daisy this <laughs> yeah. morning. I mean, now I know the kids were away and yes. the kids are up in Beantown with your wife, so there was none of the honey to-do list on a Sunday. 
Sunday. You got to sit back, relax in your underwear, and watch a little football on a Sunday. I was fully clothed. Oh, there you go. I will Very say nice. that. <laughs> now, which former giant were you with yesterday? Uh, I was with a couple former giants. Oh, it was I was multiple. With, yes, I was with David Deal. I did my Saturday, Sunday morning show with Deal on WFAN locally in New York, and then an appearance with Sean Landeba. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, yesterday afternoon. So we watched a little giant skins and, and jets and then had to shoot over to FanDuel. And then I did Bruce Beck last night. Yesterday was an action-packed day. I saw you with Bruce Beck, one yes. of the best guys in the business. No doubt. Uh, Love local Bruce. TV guy here in New York for forever on the, the NBC affiliate. Um, you know, I was at a, a holiday party on Saturday in the neighborhood, and there was a guy we were talking about this, you know, the, the unbelievable explosion of betting and how well, we all want to make this trip to Jersey and spend a football Sunday or, a, you know, an NCAA tournament day, one of these things. But the guy kept calling it FanDuel. Like it was like, and he, and he was a, a, Italian. It was almost like he was saying like Gabagool. He was going like, they had this group that said, it's FanDuel. I'm like, it, it's not, it's, it's FanDuel. It's FanDuel. It's, it's not like, FanDuel. Wait, FanDuel did so well. I'm like, they did what? <laughs> but then I was thinking, and then I'm like, well, I should just ask Moose if maybe I've mis- been no, mispronouncing this no, for a No, you're pronouncing it correctly. Okay, you, <laughs> your pronunciations, you do it right. for a living. You're, you're on point. It's Thank FanDuel. You. It's not FanDuel. So you go to the FanDuel. I don't like yeah. No, yeah. You, you know, you should make, we should make a little trip. Uh, we should really do a little morning show trip over to FanDuel during the course of the, course of the postseason. And maybe on a Sunday, because apparently back. They, they do it well. You can bet you can eat all at FanDuel. Yeah, <laughs> so it was it. a good. It was a good football day yesterday. It was, uh, you know, and for I mean, it, it was an interesting day. There's a lot to get into when you look at you know week 16 of the NFL. We got one game left to go: Vikings and Packers later on tonight, which is the Monday night affair. And there were some highs and some lows yesterday. Let's start with the lows because that's really what we do on radio. Is we like to emphasize <laughs> the negative. You. Right. We like to emphasize the negative and not the positive. But let's start with the negative. Number one is how about the Dallas Cowboys? Um in Philly, four twenty five kick. Yesterday afternoon, we know what's on the line. They win, they're winning the NFC East, they lose, then all of a sudden they're not eliminated from winning their division. However, they would need to beat the Washington Redskins in week seventeen, and the Eagles then would have to lose to the Giants at MetLife Stadium next week, right? So that is now on the table after the Dallas Cowboys sprained AC joint and all in the throwing shoulder for Dak Prescott uh, fall to the Philadelphia Eagles and really lay an absolute egg. I mean, how many drop passes do you need to see over the course of that game? How many times do you see need to see Dak Prescott either underthrowing and overthrowing? And I understand he's playing with a little bit of a shoulder sprain. I get that. And he gutted his way through. This is an Eagle team the previous week whose defense got lit up by the Washington Redskins. This is an Eagles defense that was down 17-3 at home at the half to Eli Manning and the New York Giants before they rallied in half number two. And this is a Cowboy team that failed to find the end zone once yesterday afternoon in a 17-9 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you want to talk about disappointment, Bogish. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys this year, and listen, who knows? Maybe a week from now we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys being be in the postseason and, they, and they're able to get the win and the Eagles end up losing. However, right now you're sitting here on this Monday morning after what we witnessed yesterday. They're one of the more talented, more disappointing teams in all of 2019. I mean, and really through the entirety of the Jason Garrett era, which is why that has to end no matter what happens next weekend. That can't save, shy of some remarkable run through the Super Bowl to be champs, and then obviously you couldn't do anything about it. But anything other than that, ha- this has to end at some point with Jason Garrett not being their head coach anymore because this just can't happen again. They are better than what they're... 
Are they a 14-2 and two team? No, but they're not a 7-8 and eight team either. And a game yesterday in Philly, all the things you laid out, plus all of the injuries that the Eagles have. I mean, who was Carson Wentz throwing the football to yesterday? Oh, Greg Ward? Right, then plus Dallas Ertz, Goddard? And Ertz misses time. With yeah. that rib injury? So, and, and somehow they can't score a touchdown. Zeke Elliott had run for, I think it's 115 over the last couple of games of Philadelphia. Had nothing but success against them. And then nothing yesterday. 47, 47 yards total. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just a joke to take nothing away from what the Eagles did. I don't know if Troy Aikman is right and that that was one of the greatest team wins he's ever seen based on all the things working against them. But it's a game they shouldn't have won, and they won it. And the Cowboys, you know, deserve to sit on the tarmac last night in the airport and Which sweat is amaz- out some plane issues before going home. Well, it's amazing the fact that their airplane has mechanical issues. Right. I mean, the, the fact that they can't leave and that their their airplane, their team plane, is unfit to fly. Yeah, not viable. Not viable. I mean, was That's it made of cardboard? Yeah, exactly <laughs> I've right. Never seen that a there, sentence like that there before. There was multiple mechanical issues with with the Dallas Cowboys plane as they were trying to get back to Dallas last night following their loss in Philadelphia. But everything you ran through, I mean, but think about this, though. It's amazing, and I know the NFL is week-to-week, and we say that often, and it gets hammered home, right? It's a week-to-week league. You never know what's going to happen, upsets and everything like that. This is a Dallas Cowboy team. The week previous had a tour-de-force performance against the Los Angeles Rams. They basically took the Rams' soul. I mean, they beat them offensively, defensively. Goff looked completely lost. They destroyed the Rams, destroyed them. Now they go on the road against an Eagle team that you should be able to move. I mean, I'm not telling you that the Dallas Cowboys are that much more talented. Listen, Peterson's a better coach than Jason Garrett. But but seriously, offensively, the fact that they're not able to find the end zone once yesterday afternoon in Philadelphia, I mean, that is almost criminal given the fact that and Schwartz is a good defensive coordinator. I get that. But what Philadelphia is presenting defensively, especially in that secondary they're having guys go down to injury, leave the game, go back to the locker room, come back on the field, you know, and, and play. And the Dallas Cowboys, one empty drive after another. Yeah, and it, there's just there's just something missing. There's just there's no spunk. There's no energy. There's no I don't I don't know. There it's just maybe I'm too down on Jason Garrett and I'm missing some things, but I just they just seem lifeless at times. Like they just and the inconsistency to me goes back to him. Right once the game starts. It does come down to just the players making plays, not missing assignments, not missing tackles, making a catch, hitting the right hole. But, like, the coach is in charge of having you all geared in together, all locked in, and and these guys do need kicks in the butt sometimes. I know it's it's easy to say, like, you know, they're playing a game for a living. How can you not get up for a game like this? But you still do need help sometimes being put in the right place to have success. And from week to week, you know, the, the Ram game you just mentioned, the week before that, they got smacked in the face at home on Thanksgiving by the Bills. And then this happened again yesterday. And that up and down and ebb and flow is about the tone that he sets or, or doesn't set from the top of the organization. Right, and they lose 17-9. Elliott misses a couple field goals. I know there were long field goals, but misses a couple field goals. And let's also not forget that the Philadelphia Eagles failed on a fourth and short at the Cowboys' 31-yard right. line in the first half in a, in a drive in which they, at the very least. So you look at that and say, well, it was only an eight-point game at the end. Well, but the Philadelphia Eagles were marching the f- football up and down the field 
on that Cowboys defense. And you're right about that, lighting a fire underneath the team. You're right in terms of the inspiration. But also, Bogish, putting a team in the best possible position to be successful. I mean, I, I look at all the guys and the brains that they have on that Cowboys staff and – You've got to come to with a better game plan than they came up with yeah. yesterday uh, against that Eagles defense. I mean, I, I know Prescott's a little banged up. I get it. I understand it. He was still able to gut his way through it. Uh, some of his throws were errant or over the top throws that he's got to hit as an NFL quarterback. The drops did the, uh, the the Dallas Cowboys in as well. But I also don't look at that uh, that coaching staff for the Dallas Cowboys and say, you know what? They're putting the, each and every week they're putting that team in the best possible position to be successful. No, and you know what? And what the Eagles did was they they sold out defensively to make sure Elliott didn't beat them and see if Dak could and he couldn't with the arm. But the reverse didn't happen. I mean, Wentz throwing to. You know, two good tight ends in, in, in Ertz and Goddard and a bunch of no-name receivers, you know, they should have sold out to defend the run. And Miles Sanders had a good game, too, for the Eagles yesterday, too. So it's just it's just not right in Dallas. They still may find a way to back in. I mean, I, I really I can't see the Eagles losing at the Giants on, on Sunday, which to me means the Eagles are going to get in and win the division. But Dallas may still get there, but that doesn't solve anything. And they'll make a coaching change, and they should – but then we get to the other point where they still have ownership and Jerry Jones still messing things up, I would assume, from above the new head coach. But that's a conversation for a different no, day. It's got to start with no more Garrett. No, and I, and I agree with you. I think Garrett's going to go. I mean, and, and maybe we'll see exactly where they go. Maybe it's Lincoln Riley. Maybe it's Urban Meyer. Maybe it's another assistant out there. Maybe it's a former coach. Can, can you see one of those guys, though? I mean, and I, I get why you'd want Urban Meyer, but do you think Urban Meyer wants to deal – with Jerry Jones and would trust that Jerry Jones would give him the the space that he wants? Uh, no. I it, Well, I, I think here's the one thing. I, I think it's the Cowboys. Um, right. I, I think it's one of those, you know, flagship franchises of the National Football League. When you think about the NFL, you think about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think you're going to look at it and maybe you're one of these te- you're one of these coaches going to say, he's going to give me everything I need to be successful. I mean, he did – Basically for Parcells, right? And he bat- and then, but then once they started to get going good again, right? He started interject, yeah. drove Parcells crazy, and Parcells had to get out of there, right? So it works for a little bit, maybe. So it works for a little bit, yeah. right? But this is a scenario. Here's the one thing. I mean, Andrew, they're looking for a coach not to rebuild it. They're looking for a coach to put him over the top, right? I mean, so it's a different scenario than when Parcells got there because Parcells was there to to take a team that was struggling, where Jerry Jones got humbled and make us relevant again. They're a relevant team. I mean, yeah. they, they went to the playoffs. I mean, they're a relevant football team. So, I mean, you look at it and say, all right, well, now I need a coach that's going to put it over the top. You could make the argument that Urban Meyer is going to put it over the top, an unproven college coach or a Lincoln Riley, an unproven NFL coach who was uber successful on the college level. I can understand that. I just don't know where he would go in terms of an NFL guy. Yeah, I, Is it going to be a guy on that staff? No. I mean, you're gonna go Chris Richard? No, um, it's it, not. It can't be a guy on that staff. It's got to be everybody's out. You got to, except for the Joneses, you have to start from scratch. Everyone's got to go because unless we're all wrong about the talent on that roster, they're not far off from being a team that could have a top two seed and have a first round bye. At least from between Dak and Elliott, then you mix in Cooper and Gallup. And some of those young guys on defense, you add through the draft, you add through free agency. I, I, I don't think they're far off from double-digit wins. I, I don't, and that's the disappointing thing, though, Andrew, because you look at their roster; they're talented. Right. They got talent on every level. They got talent on the linebacker, defensive line, in that secondary, at the receiver position, running back, quarterback, offensive line. 
How is this Cowboy team seven no. and eight? And in, and this and in this particular year, with the Eagles having all their issues and the Giants and Skins being trashed, they should be the Saints. They should have clinched this division in November. Yes, they should be sitting pretty right now. Their conversation should be: Are we going to play Dak? How many carries does Zeke get this Sunday? Because they're locked into the three seed and can't go anywhere else. But instead, they now don't even control their own destiny anymore. No, they don't. And that's the that's the amazing thing, and that's the biggest disappointment. And that's why I think you. You look at that Cowboy team, and there's other disappointments, right? The the Cleveland Browns have, have been a massive disaster this year. But I think the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest disappointment in the NFL this year. Even if even if they should back in for the fact that they have to win and need help to get themselves into the postseason. Yeah, I think they have to be just because the Browns, at least from where I sat when we got into the summer and the new season, I thought the Browns' expectations were too high. I thought people thought they were too good. So... If you thought if you thought they're going to win twelve games, now they're six and eight, or where are they now? Six and nine. Um, I think that was kind of your fault for for pushing them too far forward. The Cowboys should have won this division by now. Should be in the playoffs easily. Should be thinking about protecting themselves through Week Seventeen. And the way things stand right now, probably aren't going to make the playoffs. Agreed. Malusis and Bogish with you here on this Monday morning, this Christmas Eve Eve, as we get you going here. A little NFL, and I'll tell you, Andrew, listen, I, if I were you, I'd stay away from me. If McCarthy's doing updates this morning, Bilotti, everyone like that, because I got the flu going through my house. Oh, great. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I, I do not I do not have the flu, so you want to hear, the, here's the quick side story. So my wife and her, and her sister and her mom, every year they make Christmas cookies, right? Okay. So th- this year was our house that they were all going to come over last Sunday. This was two Sundays ago. Okay. They came over uh, and made Christmas cookies. They put together trays for gifts and everything like that. So it's great. They make, I would say, at least like 200, 250 cookies, all different varieties, chocolate chip, this and that. So it's great. And flu. Right, correct. So the <laughs> issue I have, though, my wife's sister, Laura, She's got two daughters, right? She's pregnant, could have her third in, in April, I believe it is. Um, her youngest daughter, Sammy, came over, and they decided, she, they asked my wife, Don, and she's like, well, Sammy's got a little bit of a, a little fever. And my wife was like, listen, I don't want the kids, I don't want our sons to get sick. Why don't you just keep Sammy, and, and her husband's name is Pete, why don't they stay home? They decided to bring her. Oof. Now, they didn't, know, zero. they didn't know at the time that it was the flu. Right. The next day, her fever was at like 103. They bring her to the doctor. She has the flu. Right? Two days later, my son has got the flu. Jackson. Okay. 103-degree fever. Jeez. He's been out of it basically since Wednesday. Right? Then yesterday, my son Paul spiked the fever at 102.5. <sighs> so we are dealing now with a scenario here where the it's the holidays, my wife is ticked off at her sister yeah. because she brought her her sick daughter to make the Christmas cookies, right? My son, meanwhile, didn't realize he had the flu, right? We didn't know he of had course. the flu. He got he got other kids in his first grade sick, mm. so now they're sick, and it all started because my wife's sister decided to bring her sick youngest daughter to go make Christmas it's cookies all to her Sammy's house. fault. That's exactly right, yeah. and everyone is sick. I think we need to quarantine you. Can we I, can we stick you somewhere else in another room somewhere? Right, just put a plastic bag around <laughs> me and <laughs> I, I feel like outbreak. How can I get far away from Moose? How's well, that's that exactly right. I'm like, just stay away. I I, I I don't have anything. I got the flu shot, CVS, yeah, every October. Too. I I head right over to CVS and I, I get got my flu here. shot. 
Oh, you got it here. I got a, a flu shot and a lollipop from our in our in our lobby. I oh, think very it was a, nice. I think it was Look a sanctioned event. Yeah. Look at you. I am not sick. I am not sick. I am a okay. I do not. No, I'm no, not. No. Gonna, Moose I'm, can't get sick. Listen, you McCarthy, you know this. He works nonstop in yes. different states, different times of day. It's days. always a good way to fight off the flu, by the way. Yeah, just exhaust yourself. <laughs> right. Well, the fact is, you should always be sick the way you work yourself into the ground, and you're not, which means you have some kind of crazy immune system. That is true. You're yeah. right about that. That's a good point. Yeah. You're right. I should be basically, uh, I should have about 103 degree <laughs> fever. Yeah. <laughs> right, laying like on my be- immobile right. for the, like the next two and a In half some days. Some kind of iron lung. That's but no, exactly right. No, fine, because I'm you. okay. You're an actual moose. But I am scared to death about that flu. Uh, it, there is nothing worse. No, we've and and everyone. It's it's been everywhere. Stomach bug, flu, whatever. Um, and we've somehow, for the moment, moose <laughs> sidestepped it. The, I don't want to. I don't want to text on Christmas Day. Basically, <laughs> uh, for a text from Bogus yeah. with the emoji Listen, of a of middle finger. I'll know what happened. I'll be like, Merry Christmas. And you're sitting pretty right now in my house because everybody knows that you were the one that gave me the heads up on Jedi training at, at Hollywood Studios. There so you go. Don't ruin your good spot in the Bogus household right now by passing the flu to all of there us. There you go. You're right about that. I won't, I won't come close to you. That's all. No hugs today. No hugs. No hugs, no high fives, no fist pound, nothing like that. All right, Melissa's a bogus with you. It's a Monday morning. McCarthy's got your updates uh, throughout the course of the morning as we take you right up until 9. A little Cowboys gets us going. We'll get into the Browns, all the action from Week 16 in the NFL right here on CBS Sports Radio. Malusis and Bogus with you right here on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. we got Pete McCarthy is with us this morning. He's got your updates uh, throughout the course of the morning. What's going on, Pete? How you doing, brother? I'm great. I'm great. I'm healthy. You know, that's good. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Jason Garrett, he's kind of like swatted away issues of job security, like you fight the flu. <laughs> but I, I think he he may have <laughs> run transition. out of... Yeah, he may have run out of immunity last night. An awful 17-9 loss in Philadelphia, and Garrett reacted. We all have to own it. I have to own it. The coaching staff has to own it. All the players and staff members have to own it and uh, give the Eagles credit. Uh, and now we have to go forward. Uh, unfortunately, we don't control our destiny anymore, but we do control our opportunity next week against Washington. They still have a chance. They have to win. They would need an Eagles loss to the Giants uh, as they get the Redskins this upcoming week. And everyone curious what owner Jerry Jones would say. Very disappointed. We all expected to leave here as uh, uh, the NFC's champs. We're not. Not only that, the Cowboys plane was then unfit to fly, so the team had to wait an extra three to four hours to escape Philadelphia. That's amazing. Oh. Well, I mean, that that adds insult to injury, if you think about it. I mean, the, the you lose the game, it's the disappointment, then you're like, all right, let's just get on the flight and get back home, and you can't even get home, and you're stuck in Philadelphia for an extra three to four hours. Did That's they, crazy. Did they all get on one plane? I know yesterday the first thought was they might have to take a smaller plane and leave some guys behind. Yeah, it wouldn't be players. I think it was staff yeah, that might be left staff. behind. I didn't see exactly 
that everybody made it back, but right. they did make it back to Dallas uh, eventually. Uh, but right, it, the assistant it took to the assistant might still be in Philly right, <laughs> right. now. That might be the case. Uh, and then it was kind of odd for Philly after the game as well. A fan snuck into Doug Peterson's presser and interrupted a reporter to sneak in a question. Doug, what can you say about your defense? It doesn't allow... It doesn't. Who is who? Who, who is this? You gotta go. Where you with? Is he credentialed? Time out. The twenty or a full? Yeah, I want a full. <laughs> full timeout. Eli, next week. What do you think, Coach? There you go. Is that the question you're going to ask if you sneak into the press? <laughs> no, that's not the question I'm asking. You got one shot. That is not the question. I'm not right. Eli next week. No, that's not the one I'm asking, Doug. No, <laughs> I agree with you. A uh, rough day, too, for the Seahawks. Upset by the Cardinals in their home field, 27-13. Not only that, running backs Chris Carson and C.J. Procise suffered what are believed to be season-ending injuries. Still, they can win the NFC West by topping the 49ers this week. Now that's the Sunday night football matchup. Head coach Pete Carroll. We're fortunate that we have a chance to play for a division uh, this late in the year. And uh, we're what's important for us is to turn our, and be disciplined about this so that we can turn our focus uh, to that week and not be affected by what just happened. Now, that was a stunner. Uh, the Cardinals and, and number one pick Kyler Murray, who did leave with a hamstring injury, able to upset Seattle. You had another record set a game for a Saint. And uh, not just that, but you're right about that. I was just a lot of people I knew liked Arizona plus the points to keep that game close, but I didn't think they think they, they thought they'd win that game outright and win in the style and fashion which they did. And how about the Seattle Seahawks now? Look at the running back position. Mm. They're they're going out to go with their fourth string running back yesterday. Their star Carson suffers a hip injury. He's done for the year. Their backup CJ Procise, a former Golden Domer at Notre Dame. Broke his forearm or his arm, uh, mm-hmm. same thing, but break, breaks his arm, and he's done for the year mm-hmm. as well. And Penny's but, already gone. And Penny's already gone with the torn ACL, so they've got to find themselves another running back before their big game against the Niners next Sunday. No, it's a mess for them, and you, you think about what's on the line. They could still win the division, have a home game in the playoffs, but they could also end up being the five seed Crazy. in the NFC playoffs. But the oddity is that almost is probably better for them because they're strangely average at home this year. And they're seven and one on the road, right? But historically speaking, they're at home during the playoffs. They're significantly better than the, yeah. what they are on the road. Can they, in the play- in, can they win in Philly? Yeah, they in can win in one? Philly. Yeah, I think they could win with in me Philly. as running back. Yes, and with you as running back. Right. <laughs> Shep, what are you exactly doing? Right. A yes. third career change? Yes. Be the running back for the Seahawks? <laughs> sure. Okay. Where's, right. Where's Shep? He's lining up this week. He's it's not like Ezekiel yeah. Elliott lit yeah. it up yesterday anyway, <laughs> no, uh, running on Philadelphia. Uh, as for the Saints, uh, a week after Drew Brees became the NFL's all-time passing touchdown leader, receiver Michael Thomas recorded the most catches in a season with 145, breaking Marvin Harrison's record. Thomas still has a game to play as well as the Saints uh, beat the Titans 38-28. The Ravens, they continued rolling now 13-2 and after downing the Browns 31-15. Baltimore will own home field advantage in the AFC throughout the playoffs. Then the Steelers, they no longer control their playoff destiny after losing to the Jets 16-10. Duck Hodges was benched after throwing a second interception, but re-entered when Mason Rudolph was hurt. Mike Tomlin wasn't pinning this all on his offense. I said we didn't do enough, and, and I meant what I said um, in all three phases. You know, we let him go down the field and score a touchdown on the first possession of the game. Uh, that's not our style of play either. So, you know, pick whatever soft spot you want. It's us. We own it. Uh, we're not looking to assign blame. So Steelers now need a win over the Ravens and a Titans loss to grab the final AFC playoff spot.
On Sunday Night Football, the Chiefs wiped the floor with the Bears 26-3. The Bengals clinched the top pick in the draft, falling in overtime to the Dolphins 38-35. That was a wild game. That was. The Chase Young Bowl, that went to the Giants 41-35 winners in overtime in Washington. You happy with that, Moose? Uh, Yeah, better players (laughs) mean better team, right? You hope? Yeah, you got to hope so for Washington. and They'd be crushing Daniel Jones for years, perhaps. Elsewhere, Broncos topped the Lions. Chargers fell in the finale. And Carson, California, to the Raiders. Falcons beat the Jags, and the Colts crushed the Panthers. Baseball, the Blue Jays agree with former Dodgers pitcher Yunjin Ryu on a four-year $80 million contract. NBA, LeBron James missed his first game of the year. Lakers lost a third straight, 128-104 to the Nuggets. The Raptors fought back from 30 points down. They stunned the Mavericks, 110-107. And the Wizards' Isaiah Thomas was suspended two games for going into the stands to confront a fan on Saturday night in Philadelphia. The fans were banned from Wells Fargo Center for 12 months. All right. Thank you, Pete. Good job. Well done. (laughs) Uh, We were talking a little bit about uh, certainly the NFL, what transpired yesterday. And, you know, Pete was one of the games that he mentioned was that Steelers-Jets game. Uh, And the Steelers quarterback play yesterday between Hodges and Rudolph, I mean, was just downright dreadful. I mean, the Jets (laughs) win the game 16-10. But if you're Pittsburgh and you're Mike Tomlin, as good of a job as he's done this year, and I'm not putting yesterday's loss on him at all in any way, shape, or form there, Andrew, but – uh, I, their their play at quarterback was so bad. Hodges is not an NFL quarterback, and no. Mason Rudolph's not an NFL quarterback either. Uh, it, and Rudolph left that game due to injury. He did make one nice throw at the end of the first half that tied the game up at 10 after the first 30 minutes. Jets have got nothing to play for. Um, you know, Heinz Ward gets that Gatorade bath that he asked for before the game. A little bit of revenge for Le'Veon Bell, who got enough touches there. From uh, from uh, in Adam Gase's offense, but that was a putrid performance offensively by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to say one or two sentences here, Moose. It's not made to bring any kind of huge conversation again. You don't even need to respond to it. It's just a thought I had during that game yesterday watching both of those guys not play quarterback well. Through all of this now, what is it, three or four years, if I was to make a list of teams that would have went down the Colin Kaepernick road, yeah, I would have thought it would have been the Steelers because of Mike Tomlin caring about nothing else except winning football games. He might have gotten overruled by the front office, but if there was a head coach who I thought would have gone to bat for Kaepernick, it would have been Tomlin. I'm not making any value judgment on the decision. Otherwise, just the thought I had yesterday watching, you know, this team shouldn't be where they are now because of all the issues they've had, but they've somehow got themselves to yesterday's game going into that one with a real solid chance of making the postseason and then finally kind of overcome by what they don't have. And then they took a bunch of injuries yesterday. Connor gets hurt. Pouncey gets hurt. And, I mean, they've, they got they got nothing left for that game and no one there to rescue them on offense. No, and, and listen, I, I, and any time you, you go down that road, it, you open up a can of work. Here, I don't disagree. You know, I don't disagree in any way, shape, or form. I, I, I watch that game and, you know, there's a number of different reasons why Kaepernick's not in the NFL. I, we get that. We understand it. But when you look at talent-wise, does he deserve that opportunity? Absolutely. I mean, is he better than Devlin Hodges? There's yes. no doubt. That's the only, and that's is he it. better and that, than Mason Rudolph? Yes. Right. And there's no need to go any further than that. And it's just and you're, the, oh. and you're watching that game yesterday, though, and all you needed was some semblance and tangible quarterback play. Right. And then, you didn't even have to be – they were just so bad. Yeah. and, and They were is, so bad offensively, and their quarterback play was so bad – that they could not find a way to win that game. And I and I and I hate like, you know, like raining on the parade of the, the little guy, the no name guy, the Cinderella story. But more often than not, you know, the guys that come from Sanford and don't get drafted, 
there's a reason why they went to Samford and didn't get drafted. I know that he walked in, he's got a cool nickname, and he made a couple of good throws early on. But of course, Devlin Hodges isn't good enough right now. And maybe that changes down the road. But right now, I don't think it does. probably not. But there's a reason why he was where he has been throughout his football life and um, why he couldn't get the job done yesterday. It's why I have my reservations about Gardner Minshew with the Jaguars and other nice stories. Like even guys that are have had some success, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh McCann, like they bounce around for a reason because they're not elite, which is why the goal always is to have that kind of guy. And the Steelers do in Roethlisberger, and they can't, you know, obviously when he gets hurt, all bets are off. But, you know, the Bengals sitting there at number one, the, the Bengals have to take Joe Burrow. I heard Deion Sanders this morning uh, over on NFL Network say he would take Chase Young. And then I think Amy had a call who said the same thing or maybe even a guest on the show before us, nonsense. You have to take Joe no, Burrow. You gotta take, if you believe he's the franchise right. quarterback, you take the quarterback. So you're, you're not living in a world where you have to find some washed-up journeyman veteran or hope that your undrafted backup quarterback comes to the rescue. I, I don't disagree. If it, Unless you don't believe Joe Burrow's the guy, but if you believe Joe right. Burrow's a franchise quarterback, then that's who you're or drafting number one overall. If you like Justin Herbert better or anybody else, they, right. that, that the has to be the pick. the most important position right. in the National Football League. And I... And Chase Young is an opportunity to be be a great edge rusher in the NFL. But there are some that are critical of Chase Young at Ohio State as well. You know, he's not great with his hand movement. He, it's basically one move. He overpowers offensive tackles. He's not going to be able to do everything that he does at Ohio State in the National Football League that he's going to have to adjust, which is fine. Now, you're looking at a, a potential there of him in a game-changing defensive end. However, the quarterback's the most important position. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals having the number one overall pick, if you look at Burrow, the Heisman Trophy winner, and say he's our guy, he's going to be that good in the National Football League, then that's your selection. Yeah, and and then you hope he stays healthy so you're not changing back to Ryan Finley yes. at some point down the road to come in and relieve him. Doing more brought to you by the Home Depot with everything you need to do projects smarter, faster, and easier. Welcome to today's Home Depot how does uh, how does get more done? Let's take a look at a player who's doing more for his team. How about Jason Tatum? Go for a career-high 39 points, grabbing 12 boards, scored 22 of those points in the fourth quarter. He outscored the Hornets by himself 22-16 in the final quarter. Don't look now, but it's the Celtics who have the second-best record in the Eastern Conference. So certainly Jason Tatum is doing more. Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogish with you here on this Monday morning as we take it right up until 9 right here, CBS Sports Radio. All right, Malusis and Bogus with you here on this Monday morning on CBS Sports Radio as we roll right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. We're going to talk a little uh, college football coming your way later on. Uh, at the uh, end of hour number two, Dan Wolkin's going to join us. College football covers it for USA Today. It is bowl season. Honestly, it snuck up on me. I got to be honest with you, Andrew. Uh, you know, I was not ready for the Bahamas Bowl on Friday <laughs> afternoon. Um, I was not ready for the five bowls on Saturday. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm excited is he, uh, that it's here, but maybe it's just the a case of getting, you know, a little bit older, having young kids or whatever, but all of a sudden it's here and you're, you know, you know, Washington's playing Boise State. You got all these great games that are going on and great matchups. And 
you know, I used to be more like it with more anticipation in years gone by. Now it's all of a sudden it just explodes. I'm like, oh, my God, it's already here. I feel like the college football season, you know, just ended. And all of a sudden we're into the bowl season. So what you're saying is you are not pumped for the Gasparilla Bowl this afternoon? No. No. I, I, no, I, I mean, listen, I'll flip it on. And my, my oldest son, Jackson, I mean, he'll watch he'll watch anybody play football right now. Like he'll, <laughs> he, he wants to watch college. He wants to watch NFL. His favorite team is the Eagles. So he was fired up yesterday with the Eagles' vest victory. What o- is the... wrong with you Malusises? Yes, I know. Well, Eagles, Washington, Giants. Well, here's the one. So he played flag football this year. Okay. And his team was the Eagles. Okay. All right. That's fair. So, I live in that world. So his team was the Eagles. So now he's an Eagles fan. And one of his friends at school is an Eagles fan. So it's kind of like they bonded over the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. We were uh, the Angels and the Rockies last spring. So I got a lot of, well, Dad, what happens if the Mets play the Angels? <laughs> Who do we root for then? I'm like, well, Jake, you're not an actual angel yet. I know your team. And, like, my Little League that theirs is cool. Like, they give them, it, they look like jerseys. Like, it's, it's got the real Angels That's logo nice. on it. Yeah, like, when I was gritty. growing up, it said, like, Manhattan Trust. That was the bank sponsor. And on the back, it said Yankees in our number. But, like, they, and they have, like, an actual Angels hat. So, like, they look pseudo-official. So he thought he was, like, part of the Angels organization. And then, therefore, we need to support the Angels, even if they were playing our beloved Mets. But I told him that nobody trumps the Mets. So So you want to hear a funny story on that. So when I was growing up in Pearl River, New York, we played in a Little League. And I love the Pearl River Little League, right? So I was on the worst T-ball team ever, volunteers, right? We were baby blue uniforms. This was a, you know, it was was T-ball, but if you – Hit enough off the tee, then you would you face pitch. pitch. Yeah. Right, correct, right? And that's the league in which I got knocked out cold <laughs> because I got drilled in the chin by Mike Strail at the time, right? Drilled me right in the chin. The next thing I noticed, I was on the bench with an ice pack on my jaw, right? So I played so in, in T-ball, right, and I played for the Volunteers. Then in the International League, and that's the league before you get to the majors, right. I played for the Lions, and the Lions were orange, orange jersey, we were the best team in the league, and I was one of the better players in the league. I got called up uh, as a Look young, at you. as a twelve-year-old. I got called up. Wow! Early, the team I got called up for, which was the worst team in the majors, uh-huh. the Mets. Nice. <laughs> All the fake names. We're gonna use the Mets for right. The Mets <laughs> in the majors. You had the you know you had the Mets, you had the Reds, you had the the Giants, the Yankees, and everything like that. In the majors. You know, you, you know, it was the real fence. It, right. it, you know, it was, it was a nice field, right? I used to play at uh, Anderson Fields, and it, they were all beautiful fields. It was, it was a huge complex, softball fields, baseball fields, little league, t-ball, and everything like that. And they were great fields. They had great hot dogs and everything like that. <laughs> but the thing was is that I, was a, I, I played for the Mets, and the Mets were the worst team in the majors, but I got called up early because I was one of the better teams in the Cause, international. Because they were terrible, yes, and they, they needed were, help. And they needed help. Give us your kids. Yes, give us your kids. That's exactly right. But I never became a Mets fan. I was still a Yankee fan growing up. Yeah, so we – I mean, next year we'll be on whatever team, and that will change our allegiances. But we um, there's a lot of those questions. Like, what who do we, who do we root for in this game? Who are we rooting for now? What if the Mets play them? Or what if the Rangers? Can I like the Islanders? Because I live in Long Island. There's a lot of Islander fans. So my, my kids kind of want to like the Islanders. And I'm like, it's not allowed. Well, but see, it's just see not that's where it's, it's, where it's, it's tough. It's, well, but that's where you and I disagree. Like in terms of 
I am not – whatever my kids want to root for, you know, even if they're not sports fans, it doesn't matter. It, you know, I do it for a living. I love what I do for a living. But if my son was like, ah, I'm not into sports, that's fine, right? I'm not going to be like, no, you need to watch baseball with me. Right. No, you need to sit there and watch football. And But I do know people that are, you know, that are of our age, that have got young kids and say, no, they will root for the teams that, that I root for. Yeah. Right? And, you know, like Evan Roberts, who we both know. Yes. Right? His sons are going to be, as he said, they're going to be Jets. He's already, him and his wife have already bought his son Jet, uh, you know, uh, Nets attire, Jets attire, Mets attire. That's who they will, that's who his son will root for. Now, if Jackson wants to be an Eagle fan, that's fine. I'm not going to hold it. If he wants to become a Detroit Red Wing fan in hockey, you know, I it's not going to bother me. I'll buy him some Red Wing gear, you know, if I get, you know, buy him some stuff to enjoy being a Red Wing fan. He does not necessarily have to root for the teams that I root for. No, and and neither do my kids. And the only reason why so we if have... your son's an Islander fan, you're not going to be. It's not going to be that big of a deal. It's not at all. Okay. I mean, and 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 the thing is now. He's six. My daughter is, you know, about to be nine. Neither one of them really cares. Like, they just think it's funny to, like, boo or cheer or, like, you know, my my mother-in-law is a Giants fan, and she, like, straight hates the Eagles. So, like, they think it's funny, like, to tease her about the Eagles or, like, to tease me about the Yankees because my brother-in-law likes the Yankees, so my son will come home and be like, the Yankees are, like, so it's just a joke. It's not. There's well, no that's fun, right? There's no actual connection. Like they don't watch games. They don't care. Like they couldn't name a Met or a so Ranger. So it's nothing like they're they're emotionally involved. No. They just like to bust chops. They just like to bust chops. They they think you know they they think that they're a Mets fan, but they're not following. You know they're not relieved that the Mets saved money on you on a Cespedes' contract or right. Why didn't we sign Gary? But let me Cole? ask you: Is there any team? that either of your kids could become a fan of, that it would deep down, you know, you'd never tell them, but deep down it would bother you. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd have an issue if they were actual Yankee fans. Would you really? It, I mean, it would not to the issue like where I wouldn't, I wouldn't disown them. No, I know that, but it would deep down, but it, it would, would bother you. I would have done something wrong if, if one of my fans. kids ends up a Yankee fan, yeah. Would you take them to Yankee Stadium or hurt a Yankee Stadium? Of course. Yes, of course, 100%. Would you, would you cheer with them? No. You would not? No, I, that's, would, I can't. Would you cheer against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium as your child no, is would, cheering for the Yankees? No, no, no. I, I, I wouldn't want to get stabbed, first of all. Second of all, I, you know, I, would, I would be respectful and calm, um, but I, and I would take them there, but it would, I would have failed as a dad if one of them likes the Yankees. So 1991, we have to go back a ways, right? Speaking of my, you know, my family, my dad's, uh, you know, we grew up, uh, you know, I was a Ranger fan. My dad's a Ranger fan. My dad's a Yankee fan. A Yankee fan. My dad's a Nick fan, right? We disagreed on Giants and Redskins. So 91 was the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl the Redskins were in, and they were taking on the Buffalo Bills the year before, right? The Bills lost to the Giants, Norwood, wide right, and everything like that from 47 yards out. Down in Tampa, Whitney Houston singing the national anthem and the like. So I remember clear as day, the morning of Super Bowl Sunday, you know, having breakfast, you know, my dad making, the, you know, bacon and eggs or whatever, and get all fired up for the Super Bowl. And I asked my dad, I go, my, I go, Dad, who do you think is going to win the game today? My dad goes, the Bills. I go, what? And my dad and my, myself got into an argument at the breakfast table over the Super Bowl because <laughs> he thought the Bills were going to beat my Redskins. I'm like, why, why can't you just say the Redskins? I'm a Redskins fan. He's like, because I think the Bills are going to win. 
And and so we got it. I remember it clear as day the discussion, the argument. And that you we were got how old in, again? At that time, I was 15 years old. Okay. I was 15 years old. Yeah, it was 28 years ago. 43. Yeah. See, that's a. T- I was 15 years old, and but I was so emotionally invested because I feared that that was going to be the year the Bills win and the Redskins up up winning the game. Right. And, you know, and and Rippin's the MVP, and, and they have a, a great game. But I remember clear as day getting into the argument with my dad at the time about him picking the Bills in that Super Bowl and not the Redskins. Yeah. See, if you were like eight, I could. I would definitely be on your side here. Like he couldn't, he can't crush Little At Moose's 15. dream. At fifteen, I think he, <laughs> if he was doing it in just a valid sports argument, I, I think that's it okay. Was, yeah, it wasn't a nasty. It argument. wasn't a spiteful move, right? Okay, it, it was not. A, it was not a spiteful move. All right. It was not to. It was just basically like your kids like to to bust your mother in law's chops. Yeah, it's like that. Okay, so he had some, he had some he had some stick, uh, some substance to his argument. Yes. He could back up his point. Well, that's exactly right. Dropping an elbow. No, the Redskins are suck. I hope your kids become Yankee fans. Thank you for that move. I'd love to see that in 10 years. Let's just hope they don't get the flu. Let's start there. Daddy, can you give me a Garrett Cole? Can we go to... (laughs) (laughs) They're retiring Garrett Cole's number 45 at Yankee Stadium. You want to go to the game in the Bronx? How come the Mets are on Glaber Torres? (laughs) How the Yankees end up with Glaber Torres and Araldis Chapman? Let me sit down. Right. Let me tell Why you. Why does it always seem to work out for the Yankees? <laughs> Why does that always seem to be the Daddy, case? didn't Garrett Cole say he only wanted uh, to be on the West Coast? Yeah. We'll come back. We'll get into uh, a little bit more NFL as music indiscriminately played earlier. About a we got a ago. lot of issues we got today a lot of things, here. We got a lot of things going on. Bilotti, this might be the It's Christmas week. This might be the worst week for Pipilotti, correct? Oh, yes. I should be off right now. Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogish, you know where you're locked in. It's a Monday morning, CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time, baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.